Outside Voice Inside. This week's episode is titled Success in Business. Today we discuss how we define success and why lots of money isn't always the best indicator. So grab a seat, take a listen, and we hope you enjoy Outside Voice Welcome back, everybody. We are here. We are here. What is this, episode 43? 43. Yes, Jesus 42. Christ on a cracker. We've been doing this for a minute, son. Yes. <laughs> We're at the uh, end of season two. Yes, y'all. We are at the end of season two. So um, I hope you guys have enjoyed. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, go back and start because we're going to go on a break. So y'all have plenty to listen to while we go on break. Um, yes. Let's get started. I'd like to introduce myself. I am Tam Joyner, a tired, tired Black woman. Um, at my job, if, you, if this is your first time listening, I work in education, I work in higher ed, and it is registration time, and I'm losing my shit just because I'm trying to make sure everybody's taken care of. And of course, nobody's working with me. So <laughs> it's making me stressed out. And the next few days are going to be the most stressful that I have been in quite some time. So um, I may be drinking a lot. So I just would like to <laughs> preface that if you see me at a bar, you didn't see nothing. It, mind it, your it, business. Yes, mind your business. <laughs> you don't know me and you didn't see no alcohol. That is where I am this week. Um, so I'm getting prepped for the drama. So I will toss it over to my co-host, Sin. Oh, excuse me. I didn't mean to yawn in your face like that. I am Sin Delano. I'm actually not tired this week. Um, I've been having restful sleep because I no longer live in the ghetto. <laughs> and um i'm happy about this i get I'm, i don't get interrupted in the middle of the night i last night i went to sleep i want to say about 10 i would have went to sleep earlier but bug decided to do laundry at nine o'clock at night excuse me ma'am excuse uh, no. me no. But that's because listen you know she has like this busy social life so when she got back right when she got back yesterday from um volunteer work to help the foster children she ate lunch did a little tiktoky well you know what you do just watching people yes right and fell asleep and didn't wake up till eight o'clock oh jesus christ at night so no as soon as she, yeah, as soon as she got up, she had all this energy like, I'm finna do my laundry. Excuse me, the laundry room was on the other side of my bedroom. And you know, we got dryer balls. I would like to go to sleep. I would like yes. to so yes. But I went to sleep and I didn't wake up till 5:50 this morning. Oh, that is very unusual for you too. I know. I didn't wake up at my usual witching hour time. Man. I mean, I did to go pee but I went right back to sleep okay wait 
you know me, ADD. You said yes. The Witching Hour. There's a TV show on Amazon Prime called The Devil's Hour. Oh. And it's about this girl, she keeps waking up at the same exact time every night. What time? Uh, 3 a.m. That is the time that, I, what in the devil? It's what in the, the same, the devil? It's called The Devil's, and it's, when I tell you it was a good show, I was watching it really? like this. You, like, that's what time I wake up every day. Yeah, so if you get a chance to, it's called The Devil's Hour. So when you get a chance, watch it. I'm going to have to check that out. But yeah, yeah I, my, my raccoon circles are disappearing. Ooh. You know, the stress, I'm not stressing. Okay. It's been a good week. I think a, a lot of it, a lot of your relaxation mode has to be, has to do with you getting out of the ghetto. I think that that is a huge factor in your restfulness. Yeah, because when I left Oakland, remember I could sleep. Yeah. Until I couldn't, but you know. yeah. Another story for another day. Yes, Let's keep it moving. Story. Yes, yes, yes. Um, to talk about what's in our speaker box. So I have to start this off by saying people who are not Beyonce fans, and I, I just have to be clear, not all of us are beehive. I'm right. not psycho. I am the number one person who will admit when that nigga Beyonce is wrong. I do not side with her. On, I do not think that she shits diamonds and gold. I do not. She's a human. I'm not even interested in anything that she is doing, to be honest, unless it's related to music. I just don't care. I just want to hear the music and please leave me alone and go take care of your kids and your weird ass husband. Like, I don't care. Beehive, don't come for me. Like, I don't, because I don't care. But what I hate is that the minute people who are not Beyonce fans find out that you are, they make slick ass comments. Oh, yeah. I used to follow someone who's like, ugh. <laughs> You look like you listen to Beyonce. Bitch, Bitch, what? What the fuck does that supposed to mean? Because I also listen to Sade. I also listen to Yellow Jackets. I also listen to Coldplay. I also listen to... But, but my question you, you see is, my shirt? But wait, but my question is, what does that look like? What does that look like? Because like, look at look me. Like? Do you see me? Do you see... I don't look anything like Beyonce. And when I say that, I'm not saying like physically in like we, our faces mirror. I have no hair. I'm a bald headed bitch. Okay. I look actually more masculine than I do feminine. I don't wear no makeup. Like, what are you trying to imply, bitch? I'm just, I'm Cause I'm Now I want to know what does, what does a person that listens to Beyonce look? What does that look like? I mean, shit. I men, listen to Beyonce. There are men who li- there are men right. who listen to Beyonce. What yeah, so the fuck what, are you trying so what, to say? That's what I'm saying. So what does that look like? That's why I'm like, what does that look like? Or when people want to volunteer that they don't listen to Beyonce. Okay, good for you. Do you want a fucking cookie, nigga? Like, I mean, mm, that's a whole, we can have a whole nother conversation about how everybody becomes an accountant when it's time to buy a Beyonce ticket. Yes. Listen, where were you? When I needed to feed my child any other time, and now you worried about the fact that I don't want to buy eggs because I want to buy Beyonce. Why don't you mind your fucking business? 
How about that? If I don't want to eat another egg for 2022, 2023, sorry, to go see Beyonce, that is my fucking business. Am I in your business? Don't you have a whole bunch of shit you don't need in your house that you bought last year, that you bought during the pandemic? So you can afford that shit, but you can't afford other shit? Shut the fuck up and mind your business. That's what I would like to say. I start the music thing off because I I was listening to her last week and somebody made some snotty ass comment. And it was just like, if you're not a Beyonce fan, okay, why are you in this conversation? You're not a fan. Shut up. Moving on to what I've been listening to other than her, because I'm getting myself hyped because I feel like I need to know this album before we go to the concert so I can sing it all. Because <laughs> I know everything else. I've been listening to the Lion King soundtrack too, just in case she tried to throw a couple of them songs in there so <laughs> I can do more than mumble. Um, <laughs> Creed 3 soundtrack, I can't wait till that shit come out. Nigga, I gotta watch Creed 2 because I never watched it. You're fired. Please go watch it. Logan is hyped for Creed 3. Okay? So put that on your list because I know we're going to see Quantum Mania, but she want to see Creed 3 too. Of okay. course, I want to see it because fuck Michael Jordan. Jonathan Michael Jordan. Majors? Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> I don't need to say all of that because we know <laughs> it's him in Creed, right? <laughs> right, but you know, you know somebody. Fuck them. I'm here for Jonathan Majors in Creed 3, okay? Every time I, if people talk about Jonathan Majors, I just think about the girl saying that he had a civil rights space. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and I would sit on that civil rights space. <laughs> anyway, listen, I like I like my niggas to look like Jonathan Majors. Hey. He looked good to me. Even before he bulked up, he just, I like his face. Moving on. My boy is a song. I know we go back and forth about Jid or J.I.D. Whatever you call that nigga from Dreamville. I call him Jid, but him and Loot have a song on the soundtrack called My Boy. Mm -hmm. That shit is bumping. Okay. So I was listening to that. I'm going to give you a throwback. I was listening to the Violator compilations. When's the last time you listened to those? Nigga, a million years ago. Now, in my mind, that music came out in the 2000s. No. No, it did not. No, it did not. Came out in the 90s. That's why, that's why when you said it, that's why I was like. There's oh, some gems on there that I have forgot oh, about. Yeah. Namely, the, you know, the Buster Rhymes is on there. Ja Rule had a song on there I totally forgot about. I used to play that shit to fucking death. Logan said violator this sounds violent as hell i never thought of it that way until mm. she brought it up i was like you know what that was just our error yeah let it go don't you say nothing but i was listening to the violator compilations and having my throwback moments um outside of that it's been a it's been a very musical week because uh -huh. i can play my music it's nobody no the neighbors are not interrupting me so Jane Hancock had a new album come out. Yeah. And she has, I want to thank me on a previous 
album, but she has I Wanna Thank Me Part 2. Yes, I like that song. One. It's really good. I love it. And for everyone who doesn't know, Jane Hancock signed to Death Row. Yep. Also, for everyone who doesn't know, Snoop owns Death Row now. Yes. <sighs> Snoop is the ditty of Death Row. You know, Suge is probably hotter than Fist Grease because Suge always said he wasn't going to be the CEO that was all up in the videos, all on the songs. Snoop is now that CEO because he is on Jane's entire fucking album. Yep. It upsets me. I don't want him on there. I knew that like, was coming. Can you focus on Mount Westmore and get the fuck off Jane's music, please? Please. Like, get out of here, Snoop. <laughs> we love Mount Westmore. Yeah. Mount Westmore be bopping. It does be bopping. But which I just, makes, think- just makes me think harder about how I need to go to LA. Last but not least, mm-hmm. another throwback. Patrice Russian. Where there is love. One? Where there is love. That's my jam. Look. Yes. I'm just clapping because she can't do no wrong in my book. Nope. I'm so glad social media was not out around the 70s and the 80s. I mean, it caught so it caught some of some of our favorites, like. It hurts me to my heart. It caught David Bowie. Like that man was off minding his business, and the internet went and said, "Nope, he's toxic." Yes. <laughs> but Patrice Russian has escaped the internet being all up in her business, so I can still listen to her songs in peace. Yay! Enough of what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to? So, okay. I have another podcast where we just talk. Where I just talk about music, and uh, on that podcast we have tell the people what it is. Oh, I'm sorry. It's called Muse Aficionado. Is what it's called. And you can see it on YouTube. Muse Aficionado. It sounds like uh, like music and aficionado, and they crushed it. We crushed the words together with the homie Nikki. Yes, with my homie Nikki, and me and Nikki have always been have been discussing lately how much we like Division when he first came out, but now all of his music is some poor woman must have hurt his feelings because <laughs> he had, he's right now in his villain era and uh, we don't necessarily care for it, but he has a couple of songs that are all right. So he has a song called Touch It, uh, Do It Well Part Four. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I didn't listen to Do It Well Part 1, 2, and 3, but I do like the Touch It song. Um, his last album, I had after I heard the If I Caught Cheat, If I Got Caught Cheating song, that that don't mean I don't love you. I, yeah, after I heard that, I was like, yeah, I'm going to shut this whole thing down and I'm not going <laughs> to listen. But I have heard the Touch It song. Like, so that has, that has escaped it and got to me. Um, Jay Howe has a song that I've been listening to called Right For Me. And basically he was like, you know, you are this type of person, you that type of person, you just not right for me. Like, it's all good. You just, you just not right for me. You know what that sound reminds me of? One of my favorite new edition songs. You're not my kind of girl. <laughs> that song is one of their best songs, but it, it is. It is like, the, it's a hell of a diss. Like, it is. <laughs> Like you're dope. 
You're you're but smart. Sorry, you're not you're not my kind of girl. Just not my type. I would be yeah. so mad if a nigga sang that to me. So maybe right for me would be, piss me off too. Maybe. Um, and the last song is comical to say the least. Um, I, I'm not even going to talk about the song. It's the song is called Lizzo by Moon Walker. Moon, M-O-O-N-E. Walker is the last name. Um, I just want y'all to go listen to it. Like, I'm not even... <laughs> I'm not even going to tell y'all nothing more about the song, but go listen to Lizzo by Moonwalker. I'm sure you will be amused. You will absolutely love it. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know I'm such a clown. So that is what is in our speaker box this week. Um, We're going to move on over to the world is a damn ghetto. And um, I'm going to start it off because this is uh, music related. You know, it's uh, Grammys are tonight. Well, when we're recording this, the Grammys are happening while we're recording this right now. And um, you know what the Grammys, they give out awards early. And um, a lot of times, you know, in the past, it used to be people would protest because they would give out all the rap awards and they wouldn't broadcast them. Um, so people, you know, protest the Grammys, but now they do it. So it is whatever, but they did give out a few awards earlier today. And I, um, I wanted to kind of, um, reiterate a tweet that I put out and then I'll explain why it's, why it's about the world being ghetto. Um, my tweet said that the children are not going to disrespect Robert Glasper because, <laughs> because their favorite cocaine addicted singer did not win. So, Robert Glasper, hey, Robert Glasper won. Now, we were just talking about him last week, like, maybe he done got off the drugs and he has disappointed me this week. I mean, it's so funny because this week I have seen old videos and old performances of him when he was younger. And I have said repeatedly after watching them, this was the Chris Brown that I loved. Like, if he would have maintained this trajectory, <sighs> everything would be different. And I said to my Brown that made a comeback. I said that what happened is that he has had a bunch of yes men and -hmm. people, nobody's telling him no. So this is where he is. So it was the R&B category. And uh, if you know anything about Robert Glasper, Robert Glasper, the last three albums that he put out have been called Black Radio. Mm -hmm. Black Radio 1, 2, and Black Radio 3 was the last one. He was in a category with uh, Mr. Brown and um, some other people. And uh, Robert Glasper won the Grammy. Wonderful, because his Black Radio 3 was filled with the good R&B music. Yes. Always has a cast of characters, but it was the good R&B music. So what um, uh, Mr. Cocaine Jaw did (laughs) in his Instagram story was, yes, yes, move your jaw, loose jaw. That's what we call loose y'all. Actually, um, took a picture of Robert Glasper, put it in his stories, and was like, 
are you kidding me? Who the fuck is this dude? Oh, the disrespect. Chris, please. So. Please. And then the, then the children. I mean, who is Robert Glasper? Someone that you can't compete with. Shut the fuck up. Again, because your cocaine addicted favorite did not win, does not give you license to disrespect Robert Glasper. That's not what we're doing tonight. Mm-mm. That is not what we're doing tonight. So, um, Chris, I just gave you a compliment. Nigga, I did too. <sighs> I, did, I take I it like, back. I gotta, it's like you, I wanna fight him because every time I try to, to give you a little grace, you do something for me to snatch it right back. Like, nope. I should have stayed. I should have stayed where I was at with it. We should have minded our business. Yeah, we should have minded our business. But I saw that and I said, I know you lying. I know you lying. So that is my uh, ghetto shit for the week. That is ghetto. Let's go, ghetto. What's next? I have two ghetto things. Oh, Jesus Christ. Please don't say George Santos. No. I have no reports about messy bitch this week. We already discussed this on Twitter. Okay. We're not going to talk about messy bitch this week. What we will talk about is this dad sent his son to jail for disobeying him. Wait, what? Now, let me give you a little backstory. In Somalia, the law says if you are 15 or older and you disobey your parents, they can put you in jail. Here's this whole story is fucked up on so many levels. So this family is from Somalia, this, this small town in Somalia, and they moved to Minnesota when their son, I think their oldest, because they have eight, nine kids, eight or nine kids, the oldest They moved there when he was seven or eight to Minnesota. They came to the United States of America because their parents wanted to raise them in America to give them the opportunities of America and have American values. Okay. But I guess thank you because America is the hood. Now, your first mistake was you brought your kids to America and you wanted them to assimilate to American culture. And then when your oldest son did, you had a problem with it. You had such a problem that you packed your family up with eight of the nine kids you had and you went back to Somalia because you wanted to teach your son a lesson. Now, here's what the son, first of all, number one, the son was 20. Why are you trying to control your 20-year-old son's life? If your 20-year-old son wants to do what he wants to do, tell him to get the hell out of your house and go do what he want to do over here. Right. But his father was so intent on controlling his entire family that they said, you could come back to Somalia with us, but we're not staying here anymore because we don't want the American culture to influence your younger siblings. So we're going but back to Somalia. Isn't that why y'all came here in the first place? 
that's what makes this so ghetto. Like, why would you think that your kids weren't going to go to another country and assimilate to how the country is there? We we know American culture is like, ugh, right? Right. So you came here for to give them more opportunities. Now, here is why it's ghetto. And this, I fault the parents at this point, because even though this boy was 20, he expressed what he wanted to do. And because it wasn't what you wanted him to do, who does that sound like? Jesus we're not, Christ. We're not going to say any names. Yes, but Jesus Christ on a cracker. But because he didn't want to do what you wanted him to do, you called him disobedient and felt he needed to go back to Somalia to be appreciative of what was in America. He wanted to write. He wanted to be, he wanted, so he wanted to be a novelist. He wrote, he wrote novels. He wrote screenplays. And instead of his parents cultivating that, because there's nothing wrong with that. He says, okay, me and my friends are going to start a company. Because he was, he was a creative. Right. Instead of his parents being like, okay, we'll support that because it wasn't what he wanted to do. This is when he started acting out. This is normal behavior for any child. You just, right. what, it, what you didn't see it in Somalia because the kids were terrified to disobey their parents because they didn't want to go to jail. But you right. came to America, there's nothing wrong with your grown son doing what he wants to do. Right. But they wanted to take the ways of Somalia and enforce them in America. It don't right. work like that. It don't work like that. So everything that the parents did to support what they wanted their son to do, he kind of fought against it, which is normal. That's right. normal. It wasn't normal for them because they're from Somalia. Right. So they go back to Somalia and they say, this is what you need to do while you're here. Of course, he didn't do it because he's still very much mentally an American. Correct. He has spent most of his life, excuse me, in America. Right. So his dad threw him in jail. His dad had him go to jail. And the boy got lice there. He got beat the fuck up there. Mind you, he is in prison with murderers. He is only in jail because he didn't do what his dad wanted him to do. And they put him in a jail with murderers. So he's getting beat the fuck up, his clothes, his underwear are getting stolen. He's his parents bring him food, but this is no way to live, right? So <laughs> he says, okay, I'm gonna do what the courts decide, tell the parents to decide how long he needs to be in jail. Parents made him stay in there six months. He played, tried to get out. It didn't work. So finally he escaped. He got released and he agreed. He The courts made him agree that he was going to do these things his parents had outlined. He agreed to it. He started doing it. He plotted his getaway. He contacted, oh, you know how his dad got him to get arrested? He lied and said that his son was on drugs. Oh, bitch. That's what makes this thing so ghetto. Like you want, you are so insistent on your son doing what you want him to do that you would endanger him. This doesn't make any sense. He could have died in prison. Doesn't make any sense. So the boy finally breaks free and he goes to the embassy and is just like, I'm being held here against my will. My dad lied on me. 
He says all this stuff. He also says some unnecessary lies just to like put it on thick. So the United States Embassy would help him and send him back to the U.S. Uh So there was some paperwork he had to sign to say he would pay the embassy back for his plane ticket and his stipend for money. I mean, yeah, for money and food. And he signed it. I think he owed the government like $1,336 or something like that. Right. He got sent back to U.S. It just wasn't easy anymore because you have to, you know, the thing about the U.S. is capitalism. Correct. (laughs) So he tried to do it. He couldn't hack it. He developed a drug problem. Opioids. He's 23 now. He has a drug problem. He can't, he's like essentially homeless. He lives in poverty and he's just like, my dad just doesn't understand me. And he doesn't. Ghetto. Ghetto. It's like you, it's like you ruined your child's whole life. Yes. Just because you, you wanted to live, you wanted him to do what you wanted him to do because you're a control freak. But there are so many American parents who do this to their children. all the time. Don't be these fuck-ass parents. Moral of the story. Please don't. Moving on. And this is going to segue into episode 42, Success in Business. There was a 23-year-old in Vegas who was worth $1.5 million at 23. Can you imagine what you would be doing at 23 if you were worth $1.5 million, Tamara? I probably wouldn't have it by 25 because I was ridiculously reckless. Now we're getting somewhere because (laughs) now, two years later, this guy's 25 and he is working at a deli in Las Vegas, $14 an hour. He's not worth a motherfucking penny in his pocket. Wait, what happened? (laughs) What the hell Here's where the success in business comes in. Remember when everybody got bored during the pandemic and started trading stocks? Oh, nigga. Yes. This is how he got rich. This is how a lot of people got rich. But I think what people don't understand about the economy is it is directly connected to Wall Street. Okay. Goldman Sachs has the ability to make our entire economy crumble into the ground. Stocks being traded has the ability to fuck up our entire economy. I don't know why this was allowed, but when a bunch of little people buy a bunch of stock and trade it, it is one of the things that can send us into a recession. It is one of the things that inflates causes inflation. A lot of people do not know this because why would anybody know this? Why? Right. So when a bunch of people were using their stipends during the pandemic to buy stock, they weren't doing it for the longevity purpose of trading stock. They were doing it to make money, which I right. mean, essentially that's why you purchase stock. But the long game, is where you end up making most money. So your thing is buy buy low and save it. So it increases over time. But other people are just buying stock as soon as it dropped and then selling it, which Mm -hmm. aids in our economy being fucked up. Right. This guy was one of those people. Oh, I'm a buy stock. He amassed $1.5 million from trading stock. 
And for people who think I'm just blowing smoke, I know people who were buying stock, who were buying and selling stock, and I'm talking about making like $75,000 in an hour, but also losing $75,000 in the next hour. No, ma'am. Because you're treating it like it's the casino. Right. A lot of people went broke doing this. Okay. This guy is one. Because what happened was when he got that 1.5 million, he was like, bet I'm rich now. And then he wasted that on betting in the casinos, bars, and luxury cars. Maybe and you also, didn't buy a house? You didn't buy a house? No. Also, when you're worth $1.5 million, people will give you money. Oh, he got it. He can pay it back. This motherfucker amassed $300,000 on his Platinum Amex and had no money to pay this shit back. Okay? So as of this report, he had $15,000 in credit card debt, $36,000 in an auto loan, and $6.99 in his bank account. And just a little cash. He is literally starting at zero. Do you know, let me tell you something. If I had amassed (laughs) million and then I had $6.99 in my bank account 1.5 and then I had $6.99 in my bank account do you understand how sick I would be sick I would be listen and that's why it's ghetto because he was not the only person this happened to. It became an addiction for some people. Like, ooh, I'm making so much money so fast. I got to keep going. I got to keep going. And you have literally ruined your life in a matter of fucking minutes. That's crazy, y'all. In a matter of minutes. Like, which is a perfect segue into episode 43, success in business. Because there are so many people who did this and I'm successful cryptocurrency I'm successful but then you breathe wrong and that shit is worth nothing yeah I always I'm not even gonna lie the whole cryptocurrency thing it never jived with me I'm old I need cash in my hand (laughs) like it it just never jived with me like and people are like well money's not real no, the money that's in my bank account right now, if I go to an ATM, I can take that out and I can have cash yes. in my hand. If you, if I had cryptocurrency, I, is there an ATM where I get some cash? But that's the thing. That's the big thing that a lot of people don't talk about is cryptocurrency can be converted into cash. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people who became stupid fucking rich, they did. They converted all that cryptocurrency into cash. But the people who are still rich today, when they did that, they didn't go back and fool with that cryptocurrency again. It was like, okay, bet I done made millions. I got cash. Right. I'm not going to fuck it off. But I, then I just, I, you know, I, I don't know if you watched it. It was a documentary. Uh, and I can't remember. Uh, Anarchapulco. When it was talking about all the. I heard of it that. Was the, all the anarchists were moving to Acapulco, Mexico. Um, isn't it acapulco something whatever whatever (laughs) they was calling it something different anyway um so they were um going down there 
but the thing is that they went down there initially because they were like being anarchists and getting out of the system and capitalism da 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 well then it turned into like this big cryptocurrency thing like so everybody that went down there was like we're gonna do cryptocurrency and if i remember i feel like I may be telling a lie, but I feel like Russell Simmons was at one of the conferences. What? It was, was random. It was, it was random because it was like a lot of celebrity people who were into cryptocurrency uh-huh. went, went to this particular conference that they used to have every year. And it was all these people were making all this money around crypto. And then when they had the crypto crash, it was like everybody went broke. And because they had switched their agenda completely to cryptocurrency and cryptocurrency wasn't doing well that mm-hmm. nobody came to the conference so they didn't make any money so the whole thing just kind of fell apart like literally mm-hmm. in a span of like three or four years so it was like we are here now we are in the trash like it was literally, <laughs> it was literally that fast but it was like I, they were talking about the um, the mass amounts of people who were losing money I mean, it was, if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's crazy, but they were talking about, I mean, it was a big old mess, but it was like all of the companies that were sponsoring them were like cryptocurrency companies. And mm-hmm. then because those went under, they had no sponsorship. So everybody had to pull out. So it was this whole big thing, but it was like the people who were, you know, already rich remained rich. Yep. Actually, all the people who were not rich, who amassed all this cryptocurrency, suddenly were broke again. It was, it was, and it was, and I was like, and and when I see, and I would hear stuff like this, I would be like, yeah, I can't, I I can't get involved with that. Like that, I, uh uh-uh, it's too, it's too much of, you know, like it's, it was too much of a risk for me. Now, Mm -hmm. other people that are, are heavy in the risk taking, like I'm the girl that goes to the casino and you gave me twenty dollars and if I lose twenty dollars, we done gambling. Like we're I, done. Bye. <laughs> I lost the twenty. I'm out. I mean, you know, you know how I feel. The risk must be worth the reward. Otherwise, it's no dice for me. And yeah. this is where we get into how people define success. Because yes, the twenty three year old I mentioned earlier could be labeled as successful because he made $1.5 million. However, do we call that successful when you lose it in less than two years? Or was that lucky? Right. Success in business, I think, is one of those types of things. First off, you have to look at what type of business it is because it's you know, success is defined by different metrics, depending on what your business is. Um, But for me, longevity has to accompany my success. Otherwise, it's not worth it. Like you can say that you did something. And in the most literal of terms, you did succeed at accomplishing that, right? Right. But when we talk about a business, it is the the consistent act of doing something that contributes to a a bigger cause, right? Right. It's not, if you have pop-up shops, yes, your pop-up shop is successful if 
you reached the 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 sales point that you were trying to reach and that's done right? right but a business that has lots of pop-ups and they hit their mark every single time that's successful also right so i think that's one of the things that needs to be addressed as we get into success in business is how are we defining this yeah, because I think that everybody, you know, I feel like the majority of people define it numerically. So yes. it's, it's def- people just define success completely and totally by dollars most of the time. Yes. Um, but again, like we said, like I said to you before, you can make a lot of money, but you have employees and they, everybody hates where they work or they hate the company. Or it's I can't find anything good about your company online, but you, you know, your your uh what you make in a year, hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, we can use as an example, Amazon. Amazon Mm -hmm. is what people would say is a successful business, but it's so much drama and so much, um, so many different things behind the scenes that when they say that, um, you know, how they treat their employees and some of their policies or how they, you know, uh, are hurting their employees and, their union busting, all of these things. Yes, they make they. If we're going to count their money, Jeff Bezos is very successful. Yes. If if we're going to uh, talk about the perception of his organization, it's trash because mm-hmm. Amazon's the devil, according to most people. You know. <laughs> so you know, and again, and here, and I saw something earlier before we even got started and it was about um black capitalism is not gonna save the black community it was and it was it was this whole thing about how it we always look at things how numerically it's it's all it's a lot you know because the people feel like you know they got a nice house they got a nice car and and their business is doing well they're very successful from the outside yes that's what it appears to be but when we examine the inner workings of said business is it really successful well we also have to consider the abuse of capitalism is the model that everybody is trying to follow and i have to yeah. be clear when i say this because it's very easy to say you hate capitalism right, right. i hate capitalism death to capitalism, but some of those same people who say that are using the free market to sell their goods. You are part of capitalism. Like, what do you understand what you're saying? You want me to purchase your artwork, but you're saying death to capitalism. You do know that means you don't get to sell your artwork, right? I want us, and when I say us, I'm talking about everybody, not just black people. I want us to acknowledge that the abuse of capitalism is what we don't want, what we don't like, what we don't want to contribute to, because capitalism is about free market. Yep. It means you get to open a restaurant, but so does uh, Bobby Flay. Right. It means I get to open a bookstore, but so does Barnes and Noble. You know, that's the free market. Everybody, that's the whole reason why monopolies are supposed to be illegal. Supposed to be. Here we are. Amazon exists. 
But right. I think one of the greatest examples lately of the many different ways you could define success in business is Pyre Moss. Pyre Pyre or Pierre? Pierre is not spelled with a Y. Well, you can pronounce things the way you want to pronounce things. That's why I asked. I haven't, I don't, I've never seen any indication that it's Pierre. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is a clothing line that was created by Kirby Jean Raymond. It could be Jean, but I'm going to say Jean because <laughs> whatever. Anyway, <laughs> since we say it, we say it whatever the fuck we want to say. Right. Akapuku. <laughs> yep. Anyway, he's a great example because for all intents and purposes, this young man started out it's an accidental success. Yeah. To be honest. But he had people backing him. And as Tamara said earlier, there are lots of components that go into you, you being a success, your business being a success. And as far as the people side of Pyre Boss, very unsuccessful. He did not have a good standing with the people who actually worked for the, the label. He eventually grew to not have a good standing with the people who invested in it. And mm -hmm. ultimately he grew to not have a good standing with the general public because how he did business. Now, granted, his first time at the rodeo, so, you know, you got to extend a little grace there. Secondly, he's young. Now, granted, if it's your first time in business, whether you are 8, 18, 28, or 58, some grace has to be extended because business is no punk bitch. There are things you just, you don't know. You don't know until you start your business. However, there are eight-year-olds who have successful businesses. Do you want to know why? Because they have people supporting them mm -hmm. that are like, let me let me hit you to some game how business goes. Now, this young man, Kirby, there were people who wanted to help him succeed. Right. And in his case, what success would have been is getting that label to make the goods that the the, the supply and demand that was there to make enough goods to supply the demand. Correct. There was a lot going on with him personally that prevented that from happening. Now, he could take his L because he's still fairly young. He's still in his 20s. He could say, I fucked that up. He could actually resurrect this label if he wanted to. But again, in business, listen, we're not always going to get it right. Right. You have run a business, Tamara. I have run mm -hmm. several people's businesses, my own included. I maintain the firm belief I would still be running, getting my business off the ground if I had the money. Right. Because I understand that a business is, even if it's yours, it is not just about you. Right. 
you didn't do this all on your own. Nothing pisses me off more than people being like, they did everything on their own. Self-made. I hate that phrase because nobody does anything when it comes to business by themselves. Nobody. And if they tell you they did, they got to check their ego. They have to. Yeah. Success just doesn't work like that. You do not do everything on your own. You have a team, whether it's just you and your mama. Right. Or it's you and your friends. Listen, LeBron James management company he didn't do that all by himself. He could never take credit. Now, if he did take credit for all that shit, he could easily become the most hated person in the world. Because, nigga, there are other people involved with, with your management business. You are the name, yes. Right. But, but you know what? I, I saw a clip of him with all his friends when mm -hmm. he first got in the NBA. I saw it on like, Instagram or something and it was like 2004 and he was like this is my team this is the business side these are my people and he introduced everybody and kind of what they did and I was like look at that I, you know it made me smile because I'm like look at where all of them are now from where they started back in 2004. Listen your team will make or break your business as far as success goes you have all these people in various industries who are they're successful in their own right yep. but how many people did you bring with you right how many you have a bunch of people who love to say they will help other people but how are you helping people right, right. so Issa Rae is a great example of helping other people to succeed because she doesn't make it about herself. Right. She's like, like, I love that Courtney is like working with Issa propelled her to different heights, but that's what it's supposed to do. Like right. you want to help your friends succeed. Stop making shit about you. Right. There are so many people in business today who could help their friends, the people closest to them could be on the same level as them, but you have inserted your ego. And because they're not doing what you feel they should be doing, that's why your friend's not on the same level as you. Right. Again, how do you- question, Then they question it. I mean, why, yes. are you saying, why can't you do what I, well, um, you could give a nigga a leg up. I mean, and I'm not saying it like nepotism or, you know, First of all, like, you can help me along. I would, I would like to talk about nepotism because success in business, nepotism is also something that gets a bad rap because it's abused. Yeah. Let me tell you something. There is no business that I create that my child cannot work for, that I wouldn't hire right. her for. However, I'm not going to hire my child to be the CEO of my company and she doesn't know shit about being a CEO. That's stupid. Yeah. Now, if she has had leadership positions in the past and I could help her succeed, then yeah, I would hire her. 
to be the CEO because I would be hiring her to do a job for which she knows how to do. So again, if you have an entertainment business and you know that I'm a writer and I'm supposedly your friend and you do not hire me, even though you tell people that I'm a good writer, why? Answer the question. I want people to hold themselves accountable when it comes to business and success, because I think it's easy to say, I'm here to help. I support anyone who's black. But when you really look at it, do you support everyone around you? Or do you only support the people that are going to make you solely you look good? Right. Are you uplifting other people when it comes to your success? Or are you just really looking for people to help you get elevated? I mean, that's a that's a form of success, but I mean, it's a very selfish one. Form of, that's what I was about to say. I was like, yeah, it's a form of success, but at the at at the cost of who? Yeah, I mean, you know, there are people they they want to help as long as you are doing doing things in a way that they want you to do it. Yeah, but that's but I mean. I get that, but again, that's not. We have we have always had these conversations about. I essentially, in my mind, want to have a collect a collectivist ideal when it comes to success. Like mm-hmm. I want all my I want everybody to succeed. So if it's something that I can do to help you to succeed, I'm gonna do it. If I can hook you up with somebody, I'm gonna hook you up with this person. I'm gonna connect you with that person. I'm gonna connect you with that person. Because, you know, just based on how I, my upbringing, I, I think very much so in a collective, a collectivist mindset. Like I'm not very individual when it comes to, I want everybody to succeed. I want to succeed, but I would like for all of my people around me to succeed also. So like, how is it that I'm, I'm real successful and I, you know, and I'm complaining because my friends ain't as successful as me, but I have done absolutely nothing to help my people succeed. Like somebody, somebody lying. <laughs> right, right. Like what? <laughs> what is that? So it's, the, so it's, it's, it's kind of, I think that sometimes people can't face themselves mm-hmm. and really say to, say to themselves, damn, I'm selfish and I want all this shit for myself and I don't want to share it. Like, I feel like say that. So then mm-hmm. I won't ever, ever, never ask you for nothing. I will get it out the mud if I have to, but don't come to me and say, I would like for all of us to be successful. And then when I reach my hand out, you slap it away like, girl, I ain't got time for that. Listen to me when I tell you, I have had people say, if you stick with me, I will make sure you succeed. Mm-hmm. Ask them to define define success yeah because i feel like you know tamara right my goal in life right was to become that girl when it came to writing right, right? and anybody who was close to me knew that yep if you especially if you held the title of best friend or damn near assistant you knew writing was my shit however I have a child 
that I have to take care of. Writing barely pays the bills when you don't have another person to take care of. So I got to do, I have to do this strategically. This doesn't mean I've given up on writing. It just means I still have bills to pay. So if you know that and you stand in a position that could help me, do you think that it's helpful knowing that I have a whole nother human to take care of other than me to tell me I must start at the bottom? Now, if that is 100% the truth, then good, we gonna let it, but we, you and I know that's not always where writers start. No, it is not. It's not. That's not where producers always start. Right. That's not where directors always start. You have people who are writers and their friends have businesses or they work in positions like this is a very, this person has lots of potential and they said they want to be a director. You know, here, I'm going to put in a good word for them. And then these people go on to become these directors that are on prime time shows. Yeah. Because they had a friend who looked out for them, right? right? This happened with Issa Rae. Right. The people that she looked out for, they went on to do things, amazing things. Like the people on her show went on to be, they were actors, but they went on to be writers and they went on to be directors of other shows. So I think about that in terms of success. Also, I had to pivot because I have to take care of myself and my child. But where I am at almost 44 and where I wanted to be when I was 24, nobody factors my success that I've had over the last 20 years. I don't understand why, though. Like, I mean, and let me say this. Excuse me. I do understand why. Let me let me say that. So let me take that back. Because it's it's not glamorous being a director of business operations, right? Right. Like, but that's the but but that's the thing is that, like, okay, I can take myself into consideration. I think I I'm successful at my job. Yes. I I don't make a whole lot of money because you know I work in education, like. That's a whole nother conversation that we can go on for days about, about how <laughs> educators across the globe are underpaid for the things that the expectations that the world has upon us. But that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, we talked about titles the last time. I don't, I, I have a, a title. It's not like I'm not a director. I'm not an associate anything. I'm not in a, mm-hmm. you know the chief operating officer of nothing. I just have my title at work. And, you know, I don't, I think that I'm successful. I think that people who don't know me and don't know my story personally would look at me and think I was not successful. Mm -hmm. But that's because everybody's point of measure is, is very different. So, but my thing is that I've known you for years. I think of all the obstacles that you have overcome in the workplace that you are very successful mm-hmm. because you've been through a lot of shit. Excuse my language, y'all. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. So even if your goal when you were 22 was to be that girl in writing, but now at 44, 
you are the director of operations of a of a corporation. How is that not successful? Even though if how was that but, not successful? But see, but seriously, if I was just if I was just a staff writer of one of the most popular publications, you understand how many people would be excited about that. Oh, my girl works for XYZ. Let's repost her. Let's retweet her. Let's do the, you see what I'm saying? Like the support that you get, it, it is based on how people define success. success. Yeah, that's, and, and that's, I hate that. It, it, it's terrible because we tell, we send these messages. And when I say we, I think everybody is guilty of this, that we must support one another. We must support Black people no matter what it is they're doing. Right. right. And then when somebody does something that's not really all that luxurious, we don't hype it up that much. Right. Now, if I worked for Monkey Paw, right? If I was the director of business operations of Monkey Paw, oh, that's something to brag about, right? That's something people, oh, my, my girl work at Monkey Paw. She's the director of business. But you would never brag about what I do currently now. And it is legit the same exact role. It's, it's funny to me because I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> I get coffee at Tyler Perry Studios. Girl, my friend work at Tyler Perry Studios. You like, see, it's that. It's how people define success. What yeah. can you, what it, what can it be measured against? Right. And then your level of importance is is added to that. Yeah. So success in business, I think it when we say define it, are our definitions aligning with one another? Because right. yes, I am successfully taking care of me and my child. I don't when's the last time I had to ask my friends for help financially? Right. I made sure I don't have to do that. And it's not saying there's not a time when I needed to, but honestly, in order to succeed, you're going to have those moments. Yeah. Even for the people who work at these luxurious companies that are worth, worth, I'm doing air quotes, worth yeah. bragging about. Right. You didn't just wake up one day and start working there. Right. You just, worked yeah. your way to that. To that. Yeah, and that and that's my I guess for me I feel like getting there. Mhm. Mm that's a part of the success for it in is. my mind. Getting there because again some things take hard work to get somewhere. Mhm. Mm and I, it's just I don't it's so uh you're right. It's all about how people define success but it's just I feel like everybody's playing the name game. The bigger of the course. name, the bigger the name, the more successful you are. Of course. It's you could be doing the most menial of jobs, but depending on what company it's at, yeah. your success will outshine mine when right. neither should outshine. Right. Jobs require fucking work. Work. That's it. Whether you're an administrative assistant. You are a manager, you're a director, or you're a CEO. They right. all require you to level up in yep. some kind of way. They all require work. So for me, 
I look at success and it doesn't matter what I'm doing. What was my intended goal when I right. took this on? Have I accomplished this? Have I accomplished this? I've succeeded at this. Now, what am I going to go do next? And you know how I operate. It's, did I get it done? Okay, let me check that off. Let me go. Right. Go to the next Accomplish something yeah. else. I have succeeded at a million and 55 things in life. Yep. Or more. Because for me, I define success as, did I accomplish what I set out to do? Right. So that, using that as a measure, as a metric in business, it allows me to accomplish more too. Right. Because I can say, hey, I did that. Right. I did that. And I did that. And even though my resume doesn't reflect everything that I have done, I 100% promise you and anyone listening, everything that I have done in business contributes to where I am today. It, uh, and it, everything. Uh, I looked at my resume. I was just looking at it because, you know, they encourage you update your resume every three months. Um, yeah. Look at me. I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> you ain't updated that bitch in decades. Um, I wouldn't say decades. I'm exaggerating. She's no, probably updated like, in the last two years. Two years, yes. <laughs> but I look at in 2001, I was a business manager. I'm a director of business operations. Essentially, yeah. it that's kind. It's like a step up. Right. from business manager but look at everything that i've done in between that yep and that's and that's why i feel like a lot of times all those things the, the path to always gets discarded in mm -hmm. when people talk about success and i never feel i feel like that's you're undermining somebody when you dis disregard what it was that they did to get where they are because oh, yeah. that in itself is their road to success. I mean, and that's just, again, it's, you know, a lot of people let the, let the money define them and that, you know, keeps them in a place that sometimes you don't even want to be in that goddamn place, but because mm -hmm. you, let the, you let the money define you, you remain in that space. And that's not, that's not, that's, to me, that's not success. You work a job you hate, but you make a lot of money. I mean, but that is the nature of America, though. It is. True. Believe it or not. The American dream. Unfortunately. Right. And we, talk, we talked about this when it came to, like, buying real estate. Yeah. At our age, the assumption is that you own whatever you live in, whether it's a condo. <laughs> this is just me. Sidebar. I'm not paying $500,000 for an apartment. Nope. Y'all can call apartments fancy condos, but for the most part, they have turned apartment buildings into condominiums. And the only difference, they haven't made no walls no thicker. Nope. You still hear your fucking neighbor upstairs. The difference is you, your lease is not up in 12 months. You have a mortgage for 15 to 30 years. <laughs> but regardless... At our age, the assumption is that you own a condo, a townhouse, or a house, and usually buy, you know, Tamara's just a little bit older than me. 
but by her age, people are on their second or third house. I'm not ashamed to say this. I live in an apartment. I live in a nice two bedroom, two bath apartment that is almost 1400 square feet. It's nice. It's nice. It's well-maintained. Me and my child are secure here. I feel we're secure. You know, all of our creature comforts are taken care of. And I don't, as of today, I no longer feel the pressure to buy anything because that doesn't define me as a successful person. Correct. And that's and that's the thing is that I am in the processes of starting, I'm starting the process of purchasing a home. Mm-hmm. But I mean. I've been living in Atlanta for fucking 23 years almost. <laughs> and now I'm buying a house? Yes, because for the first uh, 10 to 12, I was moving. Yeah. I was moving every year. Yeah, I think I'm a move. I'm a move. And I just, I didn't, I didn't move. And so now, you know, I'm in a space where because of the way they're raising the prices of apartments, I look like a fool in my mind, not not in general, but in my mind, paying this much for this space when I could I could own something for cheaper monthly is you know like my mortgage payment. And that's just I mean there's other things that come with home buying, I know. But yes. just all of the the additional expenses that this apartment complex has brought to my life, I would rather not anymore. And so that is why I am purchasing, but it, it never was a thing for me like, oh girl, you need to buy a house. I it just I had other things I wanted to do. Yes. I think it's worth discussing too. Because see, we're based in America. So I that's the reason why I'm about to say what I'm about to say. What is your American dream? For some people, it is not a house with a picket fence, a dog, one and a half kids, and being married. That's not everybody's American dream. I don't even think my dream can even be defined by being American, to be honest. You know what my dream is? Like real spit. I consider myself to be successful if I am safe. Yeah. Yes, some people are just like, you're not, you're not reaching far enough. But my safety is essential because I grew up in a very unsafe environment all my life right it has never it's i've all and you know you know me tamara i've always looked for places where i feel safe Same. whether yep. that's in my relationships whether it's where i work yep. and absolutely where i live yeah so if i am safer in a two-bedroom two-bath apartment than i would be in a three-bedroom two-bath house i'm gonna stay in this apartment right and the complex that I live in, it's not huge. It's very well maintained. But I have an older couple who live two doors down. And they've been here for I don't know how fucking long. There is a senior resident assisted living um, place that is right next door to my complex. They don't, they could live over there if they wanted to, because these motherfuckers easily about 80. But I Excuse me. I feel like everybody has decisions to make. And I feel like sometimes the expectations are how we measure them 
for success are being measured unfairly because if we were in New York and we lived in a two bedroom, two bath, hell, if we lived in a studio, a nice studio, that is considered success on a huge level. Yeah. A studio by yourself, no roommates yeah. in New York. Oh yeah, that is you're that's succeeding. Success, yes, and that's and that's just, it's funny because I feel like regionally, what is viewed as success as far as like we're talking about home buying is yeah. very different. Because if I lived in New York City, nobody would even expect me to be buying a house in New York City. Mm-mm. It wouldn't. That, that wouldn't be the expectation. And not unless you move to Jersey. Right. Or Philly. <laughs> but buying a house in New York, oh, she got money. Money, money, right. <laughs> like that, and that's, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think that everybody feels like everybody was <laughs> sold the Atlanta dream. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily knew that I knew what the Atlanta dream was before I moved here. But everybody was sold the Atlanta dream, and now the Atlanta the uh, Atlanta dream from twenty years ago is not feasible for twenty twenty three. It doesn't it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, but people because, still come here. But people still come here for the Atlanta dream. Yeah, I mean, you know, the dream was you definitely twenty one, twenty five, thirty. You are a homeowner, but. Yeah, you wasn't a you wasn't a homeowner in the city of Atlanta. Yeah. Not unless you was in the hood. Right. So all these people who were homeowners, they moved 20, 20 to 60 minutes outside of the city of Atlanta in yes, order ma'am. to own a home. That's no diss to anybody who lives outside of Atlanta. But I bring this back around to how you define success. Yeah. Because what if you're level of success was to do well in the city of Atlanta. It all comes back to what you mentioned. It's a numbers game that we are playing because in order to buy a house in the city of Atlanta, you have to make a certain amount of money. Yep. The same way with living in the Bay area, people laugh when I be like, you got to make at least a quarter million dollars to buy property in the Bay area. You don't got to make that much money. Yes. The fuck you you do. Yes, you do. I just want, I want to ask people, how much do you think a mortgage is on a house that's $400,000? Right. I'll wait. No, girl. Because they don't know. I'll wait. Because you know where you're looking to buy a house, Tamara, and you know where I currently live. The average cost of a house where I live. Now, when I moved back here, it was about $350,375. Today, and I moved back, it'll be three years in June. Yep. Today, the average house in my neighborhood is $450, Yep. For what I what I personally want, not a townhouse, not a condo, a house. I gotta move the needle up to half a million. Yeah. I don't. I don't make enough money to buy a half a million dollar house. Right. And I, and I make pretty decent money. And that's and that's the thing is that I, you know, again, when it's it's all about definitions. Mm-hmm. And you're right, we are playing a numbers game. But I just feel like there are certain things that when we talk success should be taken into consideration when you mm-hmm. are 
looking at the success of a company or the success of people. It's mm-hmm. it's more than the numbers. And I, I feel like a lot of times we are so very focused on the numbers that we can't even view the small wins as success because we're so focused on the numbers, like the, the money yes. aspect of it. And it's it, and I feel like sometimes we people downplay themselves in their own mm-hmm. success because you have achieved something in your in your career. But because you're not making this amount of money, you don't consider it successful. No, which mm-hmm. everything that you have done is a success and you have to view it that way. Yeah, I. I got a pep talk from um, a guy. He works at one of the sister companies. And I was talking to him about, you know, my old boss moving on. She's been gone a week now and the new boss and how our personalities can make for a successful team. And I was pretty much bigging her up and stuff. And he says, take a moment and pat yourself on the back. And I was like, what? this isn't about me. I'm talking about these two women. And he was like, you didn't just get here by luck. He was like, you're not a stupid person. He was like, it took hard work to get where you are. He was like, you're successful too. He was like, you don't have the same titles as them. He said, but I, I'm pretty sure you could do their job. And I said, I stopped and I was like, oh, I don't know. I got, I got some more learning to do. He was like, they wouldn't have you where you are if you couldn't be supportive of what they do. Right. And I feel like when we define success in business, we do have to stop and be like, okay, how do I define my own success? success? Yep. Because sometimes, because I have reduced it to, okay, I've done this, I'm moving on to the next thing. I don't sit with what it took for me to do this. You know how long it took me to get this bachelor's degree? Right. But, but again, I'm gonna have but it I, in May. But, but I also <laughs> feel like, but I also feel like personality wise for us, mm-hmm. you know, we are the, we are the, we don't take compliments well, people like we don't, yes, you know, it's all good. Like, you know, we, it's like we reflect <laughs> at all times. So of course you won't sit in what you have done. You're just, you just mark it off as, okay, I did that. And then yes. you just move to the next, but you had, sometimes you have to really sit back and relish what it is that you did. And like, I think that the first time that I really felt like I sat back and was like, I did that was when I finally finished my second master's. I was like, bitch, you did that. Like, Let, you can really we pause? Can we pause for a second? Because I constantly used to give this nigga compliments. <laughs> and when I would, I would always be like, this is one of the smartest motherfuckers I know. But this nigga always cracking fucking jokes. Yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. however <laughs> Tamara Tamara isn't one of the smartest fucking people I know because she has multiple degrees y'all and I'm not just talking about you know your associates your bachelors your masters this nigga has more than one masters <laughs> more than one you know how difficult that is do you do you know how difficult that is to have multiple degrees on that level the amount of studying this nigga had to do to actually get the degree she doesn't have her degrees posted any fucking where in her home 
So when I mean humble Hannah is her fucking name. <laughs> it, but I mean I'm I'm in in the spot like you were when you said like okay I did that. That's really how I feel about my degrees. Okay, I said I was gonna do it. I did that. That's and and the thing is that so when people I don't and you know this I don't even talk about having them. I don't. She doesn't. I don't talk about having. She them. doesn't. And, no, and when not, the student loans come up, that nigga mentioned it. Oh God, <laughs> yes. Because I, I then that's that's always my reminder. Bitch, yes. I gotta pay all this money. But um, but yeah, because for me, it was I. You know, I like to learn. That's that's my thing. Is I love mm-hmm. to learn new shit. I am really a bundle of useless knowledge. I know shit about everything. It's not useless. I mean, it's in not. my mind, because I'm not, look, you know, people tell you, if you're not making money doing it, it's useless, whatever. Again, but how we define success. Find success, yes. So so a lot of times I don't talk about it. And when I say it to people, they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Like, it's like, and for me, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's what I did. Like, perfect example. I had a conversation with my realtor today and I was like, we were talking about student loans, you know, mortgage, getting a, a home, you know, home loan, all this other stuff. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I was like, I got student loan debt. I was like, from my bachelor's and my two master's degrees. And he was like, oh, oh, like, and, and for me, it was just like, yeah, I got two masters. Like, and then I just kept the conversation going because for me, it, it's, it really is just something I did. But again, when I finished the second one, I was really, I really sat back and was like, bitch, you really did that shit. Like you did it. Like, and then I, I yes. think I gave myself like three days and then I was like, all right, what are we doing? You know me, what are we doing next? Yes. And so I, ha- I haven't done anything next, but successful podcast. And that's, uh... <laughs> and that's, that's also something that I have to take a step back when we go on our hiatus, I am going to sit with myself because even talking to Cola, she was just like, you know, y'all did more than 10 episodes. That is a success. Not only, we did four times that. Yes. We've had two seasons and it hasn't yielded the success I wanted, but that doesn't mean we have not been successful. We have... 43 episodes under our belt. It shows consistency, regardless of how much money it has made, regardless, excuse me, of how much we have advertised it, how many followers we have. We have consistently run this podcast. And so this challenges us as we go into season three. How are we defining our success in the podcast business right Uh, it's a constant reminder and I think you know with Jane Hancock's song uh I want to thank me I I think we need to thank ourselves for the hard work we have put in because unbeknownst to y'all we record this every Saturday evening eight o'clock and we could be doing anything in the fucking world on a Saturday evening we're recording a fucking podcast. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're not old. We're not so old. We don't have a social life. We don't have a right. personal life. But these are the things I think success in business also has to do with your commitment to succeed too. Yes. 
So the hard work that you put in over the years, it's got to show for something eventually. And sometimes when, when we're defining success, again, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of people aren't looking at the journey. They're looking at the beginning and the end yep, and it. measuring are they successful based on where they started and where they ended? And right. so sometimes because you don't end in a spot where it can be measured by a dollar, by a number, right? Nobody counts it as success. Right. So I, that's what I want to, I want to challenge us. Anybody who has a business, who's thinking about starting a business, um, challenge yourself about how do you view success? Right. Because I think that is, that also contributes to how far you go in something. It's right. easy to give up right now on our podcast, I think, because it's not doing what I wanted it to do in a year. But technically, as of the 22nd, it will yep. have only been a year. Yep. It will have only been a year. So, that's what I, I want to challenge all of us to do is how do you define success when it comes to business and yourself? Because sometimes the only business you have is the business of yourself. Yeah. So what are, what are you great at? What have you been great at? Right. What can you thank yourself for? And that is all how we define success. Exactly. Look at that wrapped in a neat little bow. I yep. love it. That's Look, where I, I stand. It. So come Yay. back, come back uh, next week, episode yes. 44. Is this to uh, LLC or to not LLC? <laughs> yeah, because even though we discussed several things in relation to success, LLC, you know, we are talking about a business in particular. Yes. It's yes. not going to be about how you define, listen, you can only do an LLC <laughs> only so many ways. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Do you need to do it? Do you just need to be an escort? And now, uh, wait, now wait. B said, Corp. <laughs> you said you said an escort, and I heard, do you just need to be an escort? <laughs> <laughs> hey, some people just need to hang it up. Go sell I'm some sorry. pussy. Like, oh, a sex worker. Go sell what? some penis. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You could be a success at that too. Yes, you can. I'm you not shitting can. on that at all. No, not at all. Do but you, I totally works thought best you for you. that you don't need an LLC. You need to be an escort. No, <laughs> S as in Sam, Corp as in corporation. Corporation, yes. <laughs> don't oh, listen goodness. to this fool. I did Please not don't. say escort. Please don't listen to me because I'm, uh, don't, <laughs> don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Anyway, <laughs> we can talk about success in business all day. Yes, we could. Because we, we know what it takes. We yes. know how it fails. Lord knows, yes. We'll come back next week. We do talk about to LLC or not to LLC. LLC. Yes. So Y'all have until, a good one. Until then, adios. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at OVI Podcast. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or Audible. And thank you for listening to Outside Voice 